don't funk with racism. We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community. And baby, we damn sure don't funk with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen, baby. You see this tape? You don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white? It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. In three, two, one. Hey everybody, and thank you so much for joining me. My name is Morgan Gray, and I would like to welcome you to the Afrocentric Podcast. Woo! <laughs> All right, so this week we will be discussing whether or not you have met any good white people lately. Matter of fact, Sister Soldier once said, I haven't met any good white people. It's a question of power willing to give up power, resources, pay black people reparations. Tell your parents how racism affects and kills black people. That's her definition of good white people, and she hasn't met any people like that. In this episode, I would like to discuss whiteness, primarily in America, the effects of colonization, and how to differentiate between what Sister Soldier considered a good white person from a bad one. So, at this time, I would like to introduce my speaker. What's up, Shauna? Hey. Yes, girl. Shauna, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. I'm going to read your speaker bio. So, the big girl. girl. <laughs> yes, girl. Big, grown, and sexy speaker bio. Let's see. Let me tell the people who you are. Shauna Tillman is from Grenada, Mississippi. She is the founder and CEO of Operation I Am, an organization that is designed to help individuals share their stories anonymously. Shauna founded this organization after she overcame her battle with anxiety and depression. Shauna understood how hard it is to walk in a deep path and... And she has vowed herself not to let anyone suffer alone. Shauna is a member of the Open Door Abundant Life Assembly, where she is under the leadership of Pastor James Phillips. She is a proud alumni from Mississippi State University, where she received her bachelor's degree in educational psychology. She is a graduate from Bell Haven University, where she received her master's in public administration. Shauna is currently attending Mississippi State University, where her where she is a doctoral candidate in public policy administration. Girl, I know that's right. <laughs> her study focuses on economic development in rural community. Her dissertation topic is the lack of Black women representation in local government in the Deep South. Shauna is a certified life coach and has a desire to help her community and give people voices. She is a member and a mentor of, for the Diamond Project Incorporation, and she is a board member for a nonprofit fostering faith. Shauna has had the opportunity to work as a social media strategist for two of Grenada's candidate campaigns and was the Mississippi Count organizer for Fair Count Georgia. Shauna's primary mission is to be the change that she wants to be in the world. Come on, Michael Jackson. And she plans on working in the academia field on a tenure track. Me too. Shauna is also a community organizer. She enjoys reading, shopping, binge watching TV shows, spending time with her family. Her favorite, her favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. She believes that God has a plan for everyone, and it is up to us to trust him during the journey. So again, I would like for us to welcome Shauna Tillman. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and divulge this topic. So I know that I did not write this down, but this is the first question that I want to start off with you, just as a disclaimer. Okay. Do you have any problem? Do you are you racist towards white people? I am not racist towards white people. Tell me, prove to me <laughs> that you are not racist to white people. Uh, what they say, my best friend. Cousin is white. I know that. I told you. <laughs> My I've been, neighbor is white. I've been tipping white people all weekend. I could not 
be racist. Um, but I want to say as a disclaimer, number one, us as black people are incapable of being racist. That is true. Um, and that is because we do not hold the systemic power to be able to oppress a different group of people or to be able to put them in positions where racism could benefit us. That is true. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to clear the air before everything got started, you know, just to let people know from the get-go that we have no prejudice against white people. We just want to discuss and differentiate the difference between a good white person and what is not considered a good white person. So this is for the white allies out here and the white people that want to become better. All right. All right. Okay. So the, the next question is, what is whiteness? Now, when you send me this question, I really have to sit there and think about it. Uh huh. But I don't think you can define whiteness because it's too vague. All right, moving on to the next question. What is whiteness or white culture? Okay, so I don't believe whiteness can be defined because it's too vague. Um, when you think about whiteness, you have to consider what falls in the category of white. But then you also have to factor in culture, right? Okay. So you have Anglo-Saxon white, mm -hmm. you have Italian white, mm -hmm. you have um, Ara uh, Arabic white. Like, what is whiteness? But then it goes into what are you using your whiteness for? Okay. Are you using it for power? Are you using it for privilege? Are you using it for both? Uh huh. So that's what, when you said what is whiteness. That's basically what I'm thinking. Like, what are you passing your color skin and what are you using it for? In yes. that sense. Okay. So. Would you actually say, would you argue that white people have culture? Oh, I, I believe they like to steal culture. But when you say the idea of them stealing culture, is that culture? I would think so. Because if you think about Anglo-Saxons and you think about when they when they came over here, what they do? Took everything. They took it and claimed it as theirs. And um, my, my argument is that white people do have a culture and that their culture is rooted in white supremacy, racism, pilgriming, pilgriming, the raping of innocent people, as well as being deceptive and money hungry. I would take that. I would take that. I had the conversation um, with one of my coworkers when we discussed whiteness and he said whiteness is considered the lost identity of the people. And I was like, see that because they don't have an identity of themselves but they steal everybody else's identity and claim it for themselves that's actually really beautiful and i feel like that's a great segue point because um there are so many interesting theories um i think that minority people have when it comes to like the origin of whiteness like mm -hmm. biblically biblically as well as i guess like through mythology so um you, I'm pretty sure you know, like, the biblical passages about, like, where whiteness came from through, like, the descendants of Noah. No, that I do not know. Okay, so let me tell you about it. So, biblically, um, you know, in Genesis, there was the great flood, and mm -hmm. God killed everything that was on the earth. And Noah actually saved his family. So, that's Noah and his wife, and then he has three children. And his three children have three wives as well. So they're on this boat for a long period of time. And, you know, Noah sends out the dove to be able to see if there's land. And he brings the branch back. And when they finally found out that the land was dry enough for them to actually, like, dock the boat, um, one of the sons, who happened to be the white son, he migrated north. So he migrated north, and some people say that he did that to get away from the eyes of God because he wanted to be wicked. So um, you can see that a lot, especially in, like, um, what is the people, um, Freemason culture a lot. Yeah. So, like, um, Freemasons, their favorite saying is something like, uh, um, migrating north or moving north or mm -hmm. have you moved north do you know the saying it's something with north there i see the eyes of north or something like that it's derivative yeah. from that um that the biblical story because they feel like men grow or white men grow as they continue to move north away from the eyesight of god that's interesting yeah uh, okay i would take that um and before we move on, because there's another segment that I do want to segue, I want to talk about because, you know, modernly, I've been hearing a lot of people, a lot of people saying that they believe white people were created genetically in a lab. Have you been hearing that? <laughs> no. Let me tell yeah, you. I heard black people have, but I did not hear 
The hoteps have been on it. The hoteps have been spreading the good news. <laughs> they uh, so they said essentially that uh, there's so many different theories I could talk and about. And watch it don't pop up on my TikTok tonight. It is. <laughs> so they said that um. Okay, so they said that the black people are descendants of the Anunnaki. You know, those yeah. are the aliens. So one of the Anunnakians went into the um the what is it the caves the caucus claves uh -huh. and that's where they found like I guess a, a lighter black person. They said that whiteness comes from albinism that was genetically modified. So albino people. <laughs> and they genetically modified the white people and then as they modified and bred them they taught them to be civilized oh my god no i have not heard please send me this <laughs> <laughs> never heard yes they said the aliens come down and make them some white I people never heard. and that's funny because if you go back biblically like the mother of our church shout out to mother Loomis. that's my girl shout out <laughs> But she was, she's very adamant of teaching us the history of the Bible. So we know that there's black people in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like from Genesis all the way to Revelation, she was telling us the tribes and where they come from and what the skin color is supposed to look like. And we didn't touch a lot. We didn't touch on a lot of white people in the Bible. Yes. And um, you know what? That is so interesting that you said that because number one, like majority of black people, a majority of the people in the Old Testament were black. Right. Okay. So then apparently the person who carried Jesus' cross was a black person. Mm -hmm. And then there's still arguments whether or not Jesus was black or is black. They don't be surprised because Jesus black. I know it. <laughs> At the very least, he Middle Eastern. Okay. I will not accept the white Jesus. But even in time periods, you can see like how uh, lately I've been seeing a lot of information about how a lot of the prominent leaders during the dark ages were black. Like, I think that is so freaking interesting, just like the correlation between darkness, the dark age and black and blackness. Yes. And how all of these like large conquerors, conquistadors, these like kings, you got Mansa Musa. I don't know if that's in that time period. Mm. I don't know. Don't, I'm thinking, I can't remember. Don't quote me on it, but these large prominent people were black, but they were whitewashed. And we we're gonna get there. But um I just wanted to point out that whiteness equates to individualism. And mm -hmm. persons or people who identify as white really have to think about the racial identity, their racial identity, because they live within a culture where whiteness has been normalized. So whiteness whiteness to white people is the quota it is the mark to be is that this where they want us to be it and I, as black people when we step out into white spaces and white like yeah white spaces we don't get the opportunity to be viewed as the individual we are the group yep yes so true so when we're so white people regardless of what they doing and i think that it's not the same no more because we group in and categorizing white people more so now but when they go out they're their own individual selves they're their own and then they have their own individual white races oh i'm italian i'm um i'm greek yes irish yes but to me you all just white you just white it's funny because i don't know if you watch mpl do you watch mpl no watch it it's so good i know it <laughs> Oh, wait, because I want to highlight the fact that ATL is written from an Afrocentric perspective. It so is. if you are trying to figure out more media that is Afrocentric, please watch ATL. Please continue. Okay, so on this, it's the new season, but on the episode of ATL, it was talking about reparations, right? So the great, the great Chavi Scambino. He wrote the episode to where black people can trace their lineage. And if your grandparents, great grandparents, your great 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 grandparents were owned by slaves, you can trace that their lineage, find that white person that was in that family lineage and demand reparations from them. So they had to pay you like a monthly fee or pay you an all lump sum. It, it was beautiful. You know what? Beautiful. <laughs> and that raises a question for me. So if my, my daddy is from Louisiana and my mama is from Mississippi, so do that mean I get two checks? Two. Yes, beautiful. Two. And it's crazy because the white people, frantic, scared. 
So they're tracing their lineage. And the main character, he's a white man. And he was talking to his child about it. And the child's like, Daddy, are we going to get sued or whatever? And he was like, no, my family's from Egypt. We were slaves. And, you know, everybody give that look. But anyway, <laughs> so then he goes into work and he talked to his um, white co-worker. And she was like, oh, I just traced down my lineage. I'm Jewish. So I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she was like, I'm not white anymore. I'm Jewish. And then he goes to his wife and him, well, his ex-wife, and they're sitting there talking about it. And then he was like, have you traced your lineages or have you um, got in contact with whoever your parents or great grandparents on? And she was like, no, I'm Arabic. And he was like, but you were white yesterday. And was. And it explains the privilege of white people that they can change cultures in a heartbeat. Like, if it doesn't benefit them, they don't have to fall into that whiteness if they don't want to. Yeah, that that is a great transition point. All right. So the next question is, and it is a two-parter, part A of question two, number A. What is white privilege? What is white privilege? Power. Oh, I never was such a soldier said. I love power. Power. That's all it is. White privilege is power. It's amazing how much power white people have. Because when you gave me this question, I was sitting here thinking about the quote unquote parents. Uh, all they got to do is call the cops and start crying, and the police is there to arrest whatever person they're harassing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just amazing. Then you think about Dylan Roof or Kyle Rittenhouse, how they're able to go up in there, go up in churches, go across the state line with a gun and kill people and one, get away with it, or two, go to prison and then say they don't like this prison, can they move to another prison and get that granted? Like, it's amazing to me. For those who do not know white privilege... Let me define it for you. And this is according to Google. So like I told y'all last time, it's verified. Um, Since white people in America hold the most political, institutional, and economic power, they receive advantages that non-white groups do not. These benefits and advantages of varying degree are known as white privilege. For many white people, this can be hard to hear, understand, or accept, but it is true. If you are white in America, you have benefited from the color of your skin. Great. Yes. Um, but I also I also want to segue and say that being white does not mean that you have not experienced hardships or oppression. And I feel like that is also important to point out for several good reasons. Um, I always tell people like white people in the South actually have more in common with minorities than they do rich white people. Mm-hmm. They have the most common interests, like blue collar, redneck, all, all of them. They economically, what, low, low on the totem pole. They are also in poverty. They probably got the same type of education that most black people have. But instead of, and these are the group of people who go through those hardships and oppression because you know and i always think that's funny that white people um they're racist but they're also racist within their own race yes that's what i said i don't think i don't think the oppression is the word what is the word then but linda b johnson said it best he wrote in order to continue the power of the republican party or to continue the white power you have to convince the dumbest person that they're just as more adequate as the rich white man that they're always superior than a black person. So even though they they stay in trailers or they're not getting the Medicaid or they get the food stamps and we don't, they still see themselves better than us. Yeah, I think, do you think it would be smart for black people to try to work on allyships with those groups of people? I think it's important for them to work on allyships with us. I don't think we need to reach out. It's up to them because they've been the one brainwashed. They're the one that talked down to us when we do try to help. And historically, black people and poor white people have worked together um, during slavery, especially Mm -hmm. a lot of those uprisings. um, They were the result of black enslaved people and those poor white people coming together because they saw the common interest because they both want the same thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the second part of this question. Uh, Number B. How does being white grant white privileges? 
how might white people experience oppression through their other social identities? So with this, I thought about the LGBTQAI plus community. I always screw it up, but I think I got it right this time. Uh, when you think about their community and how they are fighting for basic human rights or basic human needs and they're not getting it, majority of those communities, well, the majority of that community is white, right? Mm -hmm. But then again, when you look at it, you have half of that community fighting against that community. So you just like... <laughs> Can we just... We need to hyper-focus. I really want to hyper-focus on the gay white Republicans. Right? It, it's horrible. But then you look at the gay black Republicans, and I'm just like, why? Like, you're triple hurting yourself. I feel like in the black community, we all know that she's stupid. We, I'll give you that. <laughs> we all know that that is stupid. I like, And I will always say this, and y'all will continue to hear me saying this. One thing I hate more than a white supremacist is a coon. Because in order for you to be a coon, you have to actively know that you're going against the grain. You're going against the best interests of yourself and the black community in order to acquire power. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not doing it. But for um, these white Republican males, I hate seeing them on social media. I really do. So, you know, they're getting ready. The Supreme Court is getting ready and they talking about removing, I want to say more V. Harper. Is that the, uh, I believe it's the Supreme Court case that like solidified gay rights. Mm -hmm. So um, these white, gay, mostly male Republicans, they're at their Republican meetings crying and sobbing and pleading and talking about, I understand that my love is wrong and I understand that um, y'all can't get past this, but I need y'all to try to... They're not hearing it. It's not, but that's where the lack of education and democracy comes from. Because people just vote parties and they're not knowing what they're voting for. Because people just vote for Trump because he was funny or they liked the way he was tweeting are because he wasn't um hillary because they didn't like hillary so y'all voted trump in and look what happened and then look who he put on the supreme court he put two known white supremacy people on the supreme court and look what we're going through now girl mm -hmm. ask stupid questions get <laughs> stupid answers play stupid games get stupid prizes and they did that to themselves and you know what they don't have nobody else but themselves to blame for yeah. these situations and these problems um is there another um like intersection that you want to talk about well um i put on here i know we was talking about white privilege and i got hot because i was thinking about justice amy barrett's um everybody kobe bryant yeah, when we when we sat there and we watched her versus uh justice Kentucky brown and the differences that was and i was like that just shows you white privilege right there because one she didn't know the constitution and did not and, and supposed to be a teacher didn't know nothing they i can't remember the other question they asked but they asked her something and i think clarence thomas thomas um help you talking about is it the abortion question whether or not he she wanted to get rid of the abortion she got up there and lied uh-uh it was like a simple america government question she didn't know it and they guided her to the answer say her name again so they know amy barry amy coleman barry <laughs> her hair is fried to the oh, max yeah and they need to stop putting all that no lie relax up in that baby hair because she's gonna be bald by 2024. child she stresses me out and then when you got to justice kataji like the questions they were asking her was unbelievable stuff that didn't even matter no and then she answered everything so eloquently right yes. and i was like i want to be like her when i grow up and that's <laughs> proper representation and that is exactly what we need and it's also another great conversation i could be having about whether or not black women need to be dang white men but that's a conversation for All right, the next question. Have you met any good white people lately? Yes, I have, and I love them to death. Um, the white people that are in my circle are definitely allies. Um, they definitely do the work when the camera's off. Um, they go hard for the black community. They go hard for basic human rights. When you say do the work, and I'm sorry I put you off. You're fine. You said do the work. What is the work that they need to be doing? So first is the research. Um one of my friends she she's white but she put me on to some stuff that i didn't even know when it came to like slavery or how economic is injustice towards black people like she does the research she does the work 
Um, and then with the research that she finds or whatever she reads, she relays it to us. But then again, she also presents opportunities for us. That's beautiful. So, like, she'll send me stuff about, hey, um, this school is doing this program. I think it'll be great for your CV. You want to do it? Or, hey, this mentor, um, well, I have a mentor. He's looking for another mentee. Do you want to hop on? Like, she would definitely use her privilege to help us get on. So, that's my road dog. Shout out to Brittany. Shout Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, when you said do the work and starting off with research, I feel like it's important to note that when white people are doing research, they need to stop asking black people yes. for sources and they need to, yes. <laughs> and I and I don't have no ideas for you. You need to go about doing it on your own time. And it's crazy because when white people come up and ask, like, what should I read or what should I do? And I'd be like, I'm trying to learn myself because we've been stripped from so much. So much. Dude, I'm 30 and I'm still learning about stuff that happened with slavery. I have been doing reconstruction. Like, I don't know. Don't bother me. I don't and, don't, and you need to find a place and you need to do it quickly. Um, I also would like to point out that it's also important for them when it comes to doing the work is going back and trying to uh, deconstruct all of the teaching because we mm-hmm. know that white racism is breeded in households. Yes. So um, let me just go ahead and go down this historical rabbit hole real quick. Um, have you ever heard the concept of uh, Republican motherhood? Yes and no. Okay, so um, Republican motherhood essentially started like in the 1940s and the 1950s. This is, um, well, no, like the early 1900s. This is the period of time before women were able to go out in the factories and work. So mm-hmm. as white women who were Republicans, their duties were within the domestic sphere. So that's at home, but they were also influential towards the white man in the public sphere. So as a Republican, in Republican motherhood, their most important goal was to raise white Republican men and to teach white Republican girls how to become white Republican mothers. That is their entire basis of thought. I'm here to raise white men to uphold the legacy of white supremacy. And I'm here to raise little white girls into white women who will support and uphold the legacy of white supremacy and racism. And within the, and that's within simply the domestic sphere. That's at home. And see, we was taught that was Southern teaching. Really? Yeah, because even now, when white girls come to college, they're here to get their MRS degree, not their BS degree. So they have to leave here, engage, marry, with child, all of this stuff. Like, it's still being taught today, but it's just known as Southern teaching. Oh, so it's we branded. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then it takes account to the issues of the public sphere. So although they couldn't go out of the house and do their bidding, they still had husbands and they were extremely influential. And that that right there, you can hyper-focus on white women and how influential they are because they play in the background. So they're not highlighted. But you can see like the influence that white women had just over the Ku Klux Klan. Because who do you think was making all the costumes, the robes? Who do you think was making all the signs and painting everything? And cooking the dinners and all of this. And creating the children chapters and all of that. That, that. that was white women. And so they would be in their husband's ears, giving them gossip, giving them information, mm-hmm. the playbook and everything. And that is how they support that racism within the household. So... Um, My goal to my white allies is I feel like you should be taking the time to deconstruct your thought process. And you got to, there's childhood trauma. Y'all need to go talk to a therapist, preferably a black woman. And see see if y'all can do something about that. But we can go back to your good white friends. (laughs) But I put like another thing is to listen. Um, I have met white people who claim to be allies, but they don't want to listen to my problem. And I'm like, I, I am the problem. I'm a black woman. Why aren't you listening to the issues that I have and that I want to work on? And they're saying, well, no, that's not important. These are the black issues that we need to focus on. I'm just like, what? What, what sense does that make? <laughs> it does. Um, that reminds me a lot of white saviorism. Yes. Can you go into detail about that? Yes. 
white saviorism, the way that I teach my students, it is, um, dude, went away from me. Take your time. Batman. So when you think about Batman, right? Rich billionaire lost his parents and he feels like he has to go into Gotham to beat up or not well he didn't kill so he beat up all these bad guys put him in jail in order to fight for justice but how can you relate to these criminals or how can you relate to the people that's in Gotham when you live up the hill in a mansion he was doing it to feel to get something out of it yeah so I always tell my students like you think of Batman you think of white saviorism because where 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 can they level it yeah um I, I do think that is a very um problematic thing within like the white ally community because i think that they're so busy proving to us that they're an ally mm -hmm. and i don't think that they understand that you can't you can't tell me that you're an ally you need to you have to be invited into the community to be an ally like uh, yeah, you have to be invited in. So you can't come up here and force all your wokeness down my throat and then um expect for me to be like, oh, you're such a great ally because you're so educated. No, that was the bare minimum. You were supposed to be educating yourself. Yeah. You were supposed to be learning stuff. And just because you're treating black people or minority people like human beings, I'm not going to give you a pat on the back for it. Yep. And then it goes into like, what do you do when the cameras are off? Like, I've met a lot of white people who does the most on social media, uh, with the news reporters there and there at the protest, protesting. But when the camera go off, I don't I don't see you at no community engagement events. I don't see you at NAACP meetings. I don't see you out in the I don't see you out in the black community passing out goodie bags or passing out school supplies. Like, what are you doing when those cameras are off? That that's the real issue. Let me let me tell you so back in february they had the emmett till march in jackson mississippi right mm -hmm. so we walked from liberty park in jackson mississippi um until we got to the front of um peter griffin house the mayor yeah what's that joker name tater, tater todd Like she will tell you the story of how she got her ass beat. 
to tell you the story of how white people were trying to kill her or rape her because she was standing with these black people. Like, if you're going to incorporate white people into those settings, incorporate the white people that actually know know what's going on, have the social awareness of what's going on. Like that, I would do something else. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't come nothing with them folks. I felt like I was the only one pissed off. I felt like I was the only one who knew someone right about this. Hot, boo, tomatoes, tomatoes. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. You can't even get the red tomatoes, ma'am. You can get the green ones. That is horrible. Finally, Shauna, what tips would you give white allies to aid with their allyship? So, my list would be research number one mm-hmm. to listen mm-hmm. um what are you doing when the cameras are off how are you helping the oppressed like how's your privilege helping the oppressed mm-hmm. um do not ask me what you need to do to help but i'm just gonna stare at you that's just number one and then i put and then i got do not fall into slackivism and then that's just using social media to spread awareness what you're not doing the work like it's so easy to share. But was, what are you gonna do after you share? So easy to write Black Lives Matter in your bio. But I what, put what the black screen on Instagram. Yeah, but what, what comes after that? Maybe that was two years ago, <laughs> right? What have you done for me lately? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Is that your whole list? Yes. Okay. So um, here's my list: dismantle systemic oppression. Well, white allies must understand what position they play within black movements. Um, white people need to be taking the back seat. They need mm-hmm. to invest into our movements. So that means money. Money. Y'all got it? We need it. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> Open your pocketbooks, your PayPal. We need it. And it don't also just mean money. Like during 2020, during the protest, they was giving out water. I'm talking about we had tents full of cases of just water. Mm-hmm. But, like, it goes deeper than that. Resources. Like, black people don't have access to resources, nor do they know where to go in order to get those resources. Yep. So, when you getting around these white people and you finding about these resources for minority people, black people, you need to put that on social media. That's mm-hmm. what you need to be talking about. Um, educate the correct history within their homes and communities again because um, white racism comes from within the homes. Condemn white racism. Condemn white racism. I'm here for it. Because you know what? Let me tell you something. A white supremacist or a white racist biggest fear is being exposed for being racist. That is true. They like so apparently socially white people, they just like really racist white people, they'll just assume that you racist if you white too. So when we are all, all the Negroes and the field hands, we get up and we leave the room, they'll just they say something. Dropping the N-word. They gonna be dry, and they just gonna assume that you're gonna be racist with them. And uh, for some cases, you know, they could be farther than the truth. So when you are in those positions, white people, my white allies, condemn it make them feel uncomfortable you gotta get to a point inside your mind that you feel like them feeling uncomfortable is funny laugh at it i'm so serious could you i feel if i was a white person and i had to go home and condemn white racism i would think that they stupidity was so funny i would correct them and laugh and you know it's funny because i just watched the video um where these parents sent their kids to church camp or whatever and then within the church camp, the teachers was actually teaching the white people how to not only be allies, but to like desensitize everything that they learn and to teach them like what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So the kids were calling their parents and were just like, mom, dad, this is what I learned at church camp. I believe what you taught me was wrong. Da, 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 da. These parents was cutting them kids off. Uh-huh. Like allowances gone. Uh, you off the wheel gone, uh-huh. no trust gone. When you get back, the car is mine gone. And I feel like you have to be prepared for that and be okay when it happens. I feel like, honestly, they need to change the perspective of all that. Because I would much rather, and this is me, if I were a white person, theoretically, something I don't often think about. If I was a white person and my family was racist, I would much rather have my peace of mind, cut them off and be around some people with some good sense Mm -hmm. than to stick around and have mama and daddy's money and be miserable and try to adhere to their standards. Right. So, yes. Um, go home and tell mama, papa, granny, them. (laughs) You tell them that they wrong. Oh, Lord. Go home and say, mama, you racist. (laughs) 
and you wrong for that mess you said to Miss Johnson the other day at the grocery store. And my final tip for my white allies, organize within your community with the purpose of aiding the black community. Again, I want to say that for um, you cannot be an ally until we invite you into the black community to be an ally. So what does that mean? That means that you need to get around somebody that look like you, get around somebody that you know, and y'all come together. Y'all find people with similar mindsets. Mm -hmm. Y'all come together and y'all find a way to become better allies. Don't be trying to come around here because you don't really know what's going on. You just know what you see on social media. Right. Amen. You got any more tips for the people? You hit it all. This fine by me. <laughs> shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real niggas. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. All right, y'all. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the episode The Big Black Shout Out. Shauna, tell me who is it that you want to shout out today? Well, first I want to shout out uh, the Psycho Social Boutique. Um, that is a mental health therapist clinic located in Grenada, Mississippi. Um, the founder is my close friend, Serena Johnson. So shout out to you. Shout out, girl. But they cater to uh, Black women and Black teenagers. Um, they are licensed in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, and I'm missing a state. But... I will tell Morgan so she can tell y'all later. Where can we find this? Like online. So um, her Instagram is psycho psychosocial. So P S Y C H O S O C I A L underscore solutions on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay. Well, shout out to y'all. What's their name again? Psychosocial Solutions. Shout out to the Psychosocial Solutions, baby. Y'all get somewhere and y'all talk to somebody. Black yes. men. Black men, this is for you. Y'all are traumatized. Y'all go find somebody to talk to outside of your homeboys and your mama. Preach. All right. Who's the next person that we want to shout out? The next one is my favorite record store, Offbeat Record Store, located in Jackson, Mississippi. He sells all types of records from the 1950s all the way to now. Um, the owner name is Benno, and he also sells figurines. If you're into action figurines, if you're into comic book, um, if you just want to go sit there and chill, he'll sit there and talk with you. But shout out to Offbeat Record Store, and then you can find him on Facebook um, at Offbeat. Yeah, this is dope. I love that for the music people and the vinyl yes. collectors out here. And I'm an avid vinyl collector. I am too. So I'm always in there. I, actually, I will go check them out. Shout out. Shout out to the Black musicians and the Black creators. Yes. Well, the next person you want to shout out today. The next shout out, I'm shouting out me, Operation And I know that's right. <laughs> so we are a online nonprofit where you are able to share your story without sharing your name. And so you can express yourself freely without the fear of judgment. And we're also offering free therapy to anybody in the Oak Tobaha County area. But our goal is to do um, the whole state of Mississippi. So if you would like to leave us a donation, you can visit us at www.operationiam.com. Girl, what's your cash out? <laughs> what's the what's the PayPal? Operation I am. I know that's right. <laughs> and I am expecting you niggas to donate. Yes, it's free therapy. It's free. Everybody needs therapy. I also <laughs> want to say that um, I really enjoy your blog. Um, Click the link in the bio for her website. Yeah, and your story is still on the link. Yes, yes. and it is also linked in my bio on Instagram. So if you guys want to read more about that, click the link in the bio. See us. Tell, so your Instagram, you want to share your personal and your business Instagram? Well, our um, Instagram is operation underscore um, I am too. And then if you're on Facebook, you just type in operation I am and we'll pop up. Yeah, so if you was in the Octavia Hall area and sign you, up for this repair, yes, baby, stop fighting them demons. Y'all go talk to somebody, please. I'm praying for all y'all. Yes. Who is the next person we shout now? The next person is the Mink Lab. Um, the owner is Maya. I don't know her last name, but she is my wax lady. She do lashes, she do wax, she do eyebrows, she do whatever you can think of. Um, she is here in the Starfoot area. I don't remember the shopping center by McAllister's. 
the mink lab yes and then her instagram is the mink lab underscore and she also has a special going on where you can do um what's the word i'm looking for not membership i'll come back to you my mind went blank <laughs> so shout out to the black female entrepreneurs yes, <laughs> yes the solo entrepreneurs we love it for y'all and who is the final person we shout now the final person if you need a car you go see my friend dalvin taylor at kirk toyota kirk toyota in grenada mississippi his instagram is underscore taylor dt so when we talking about i need to go buy me a car is it um used cars off the lot? What is he got it? them all? Whatever you need, he can get it. Can I talk him down on the price? That's the question. Oh no, we gotta talk him about that. God damn it. <laughs> and he was always reaching. Okay. You gotta talk to him. But he he is there. He'll help you get what you need. Shout out to Big D. <laughs> Big Dalvin Taylor down in Grenada, Mississippi, selling y'all yeah. for wheels. We coming on too, baby. So um Shout out to y'all and remember this proportion of the episode is to help put people on as well as to help circulate black dollars back into the black community. Yes. So if you if you want to find something for you, y'all keep on listening. If you got any suggestions, um, I also would like to take the time to shout out my cousin Kayla Williams, who has her own beautiful boutique called Posh. Euphorium Women's Clothing Boutique based in Starbucks, Mississippi. And then she has online women clothing boutique based in Starbucks, Mississippi. So shout out to you, Kelly Williams. She is a Delta here at Mississippi State. So if you want to go put some money in my cousin pockets, baby, her hand and her wallet is open. And I promise you, she's gonna have y'all looking right. So yeah, uh-uh, no, it's the other Kayla. It's two Kaylas. Yes, no, I'm gonna I'm a, hold on. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay, but that's her line, sister. So you can go through there. Okay, and look at it. <laughs> but shout out, shout out to you all. All right. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed. Those I know of and those I don't know, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray it's to not you, really Lord. necessary. Now it is time for our final segment of the show in which I call Altar Call. And y'all have to remember that I have created this segment just to remind y'all that the Lord is still here. He is moving on y'all behalf. And I'm to remind y'all and let y'all know that I am hopefully and willfully praying and fasting on y'all behalf today. So, um, today I will be firstly praying for the city of Chuckalisa, Mississippi. Um, not to be confused with Tunica, Mississippi. Um, we are praying on behalf of the newly elected Honorable Mayor Bishop Woodbine. She has been twirling and popping that old Tabakuda cat all over the streets of Chuckalisa, Mississippi. And we are just praying for all of the citizens. We hope that the Lord cover them and keep his hand on them. Yes, today I just wanted to let the citizens of Chuckalisa know that I'm yet praying for you. All right. So um, let's move on to the next person, um, Alexandria Gray has reached out to me and asked that we pray on her behalf. Yes, Alexandria said, pray for me because, and I quote, grad school got hands. So I understand that my sister's up there in Nashville, Tennessee, fighting these grad school demons. So we rebuke these demons, loose her, and let her go, grad school. Yes, we praying for ease, steadiness, and mindfulness. Yes, oh, and good and low gas money. So, Alexandria, we want to let you know that the Lord is with thee. Um, and finally, I am going to be praying for the monkeys. Um, They have been reporting the monkeys came up and told me to pray for them because they said the monkey pox is going around and they are sick and tired of being sick and tired of white people blaming them for diseases. They said that y'all tried to blame the monkeys for HIV in the 70s and it didn't work. And now y'all blaming them for monkey pox 
and and it's not their fault. They said stop coming and trying to harass them in their monkey communities. And they said, peace be still. Y'all leave the monkeys alone, stay out the jungle. And we all know that monkeypox and HIVs are sexual lesions coming from bestiality. So y'all need to stop having sex with animals. I'm also praying for y'all who indulge in bestiality. I hope that the Lord release y'all. That is just terrible. Um, Remember, you guys, I'm always here praying and fasting and interceding on your behalf. So if y'all have anything that you would like for me to be praying for, fasting for, and deep mourning and deeply in my prayer closet, please reach out to me. I'm here speaking deeply in tongues. Yes, I'm here praying for you. In Jesus' name, it is so. Amen. Amen. Shauna, I want to thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today. Thank you for having me. I had fun. Yes, this conversation has been so insightful, and I actually did, and I always have learned so much um, to from talking to you and just being around you. I feel like you are such an amazing black leader, up-and-coming oh, leader. Thank you. I'm so serious. Don't get up in here and cry. I ain't about no tissue yet. <laughs> But um, I'm so I'm so grateful to sit here and be able to talk to you. And I, my prayer is that people can learn something from this conversation. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you want to tell the black community before we close? Only thing I want to say is to tell your story and own it. Don't let anybody else tell your story for you. Yes. <laughs> and that is so beautiful and so true. So again, I would like to thank you all so much for choosing to be Afrocentric today. Please remember Black Lives Matter. Listen and protect Black women. And the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is to be Black and die. We're just civilized people having civilized conversations. Bye-bye! <laughs>